Hello and welcome to episode 16 of Pod 67. Just in case you're wondering who that strange voice on the radio is, I'll put you straight in the picture. It's me, Scott Sullins, standing in as host for Ryan Gallagher. Well, I say standing in, could be taking over from him at this stage. Uh, he's gone mainstream. He's become the Andy Walker of Pod 67. He's away. The pastor's new. He might be coming back. Who knows? But I'm still joined by my main man. The double act still going. The third bolt of my sorrow. Tony Doyle, how are you doing, mate? I don't know how I can follow that intro, mate, but how you doing? What's happening? How's the holidays been? It's been all right, mate. Aye, working from home now, for, for schooling and that, and uh, well, trying to work from home, but Celtic just keep obviously posting things about every couple of hours with the latest mate, shit. Mate, this podcast, I don't even want to talk about Celtic for the next hour. Let's just talk chit-chat. What's going on with your life? Tell it's me all you want to know. I mean, it's pretty boring, mate. We're, we're stuck in lockdown again, isn't it? But uh, how's things for you now? I know too bad, mate. Fucking, I've got a wee spot in my nose, but it's covered in mere ground and Tom Rogic has in the past two fucking games. So this, is like, this is like usual catch up between two mates having spoken about three months, and it's just like, hey, what's been happening, mate? Nothing. <laughs> I know, definitely, mate. But aye, well, we need to talk about the Celtic because, well, we've, having a, we've had a wee break for this podcast. Uh, I think the last time we recorded was just before the cup final. Uh, when we're on that runner, what was it, two wins and 12, and maybe just won a couple of games, and we thought that was going to be a mm-hmm. uh, rock bottom, but no, it turned out that uh, things are go- were set to get even worse, and we don't even know if we've hit rock bottom yet, so we are going to catch up on a few of the latest issues that have been happening at Celtic over the past week or so. Obviously, we went to Ibrox, we lost that game, everyone knows what happened there, we're not going to cover ground with that. But then the ill-fated trip to Dubai, we won't spend too long on this because I'm sure people have listened to other podcasts, have heard all YouTube, uh, seen things in the news, they've heard all about this. Uh, but we'll just get our brief thoughts on the trip to Dubai. Tony, huge mistake, wasn't it? Massively, mate. But the thing with Celtic is, it's like literally the worst day of your life so far. Just wait till next week, mate, because it's going to get a whole lot worse when we play Hamilton. There'll be a draw coming in there, no doubt. A set piece and bomb skit, as per usual. But um, the trip to Dubai, in the current climate, after the run of games we've had, absolutely shambolic to even let that happen. Um, I'm all for the players going to be in getting some serious training sessions in, but to take injured players like Chris Julian and take needless risk with players that don't need to be there, that aren't going to contribute to the squad, it's a risk for a current club that apparently are suffering so much with COVID-19 more than any club in the league, even though Hearts got relegated last year because of COVID. So let's just fucking clear that up right now. But I can't, I can't justify any decision to do that Dubai trip. And you know for a fact, Peter Lowell, fucking Mr. Moneybags, isn't even want to spend money on that trip. This has been pushed by Neil Lennon. He's come out and said himself publicly that he wants to do that trip more than anyone else in that squad. It was a fucking jolly. Aye, aye in the words of Andy Walker, Andy Walker, it was a, it was a jolly. But aye, I think you're spot on. There's no... <laughs> real defence of the trip. I was going to try and do my, my Ryan part here where we try to be controversial as a host, but I'm just going to say it how it is. I mean, there's no defence of that trip eh, whatsoever. No. Eh, when Lennon comes out, and we'll get on to Lennon's press conference in a bit. Eh, well, two press conferences. Eh, who knows? He's probably given it a third by the time we're speaking right now. Mm-hmm. Because, eh, But I think on the trip eh, as a whole, there's no defence of it. It wasn't as if coronavirus just came out of nowhere. It wasn't like last March where you knew the risks of going on this trip, and I, the government, might have let you go, but you should yeah. have known. Uh, you've got a manager, uh, I was talking back in October, when uh, we were unfortunate that we picked up some COVID-related issues, 
uh, on inter- when people were away on international duty and there was nothing we could do about that and we spoke on this podcast and everyone mm-hmm. else said that international football should have been cancelled. Uh, it wasn't. And then two months later, when a situation is actually far worse in terms of the pandemic uh, in the country, we decide to go on that trip. And you're right, I mean, Christopher Julian over there, what's the need for him to be there? Uh, Lennon saying they're entitled to downtime. We always knew that there was going to be a risk. We'll come on to the mm-hmm. press conference, but there's no defence for it. I mean, Dubai is a country uh, has got some really pure human right records for a start. Uh, you're obviously you're looking at you're looking at, doing this, haven't you? I know, I know. I, I, I can't I even start. Can't a, even a, my I can't start a political podcast with you, mate. <laughs> uh, but uh, I, we lose to Rangers, which just makes it even worse. I mean, think people would be pissed off enough. We've seen photos of Brown and Lennon. Uh, yeah. If there wasn't a pandemic going on, uh, the fact that that's happening uh, the day after the game. But yeah, obviously we it was a PR nightmare after that game. Then soon as soon as they fly to Dubai, the first thing you see from that trip is literally them at the poolside getting pushed. No distancing, no mask, and that is required in Dubai to wear masks at poolside by all hotel residents. They did not follow any guidelines of COVID. They went there for a piss-up. Yep, aye, and when we will get on in more depth, I deal with the press comments, but he mentioned basically that it's illegal to take photographs of people in Dubai, and it's, it's just constant blaming of everyone else. I mean, aye. whatever you might think, there might have been elements of that press conference uh, that people may agree with in terms of the Scottish government, Andy Walker will touch on it more. But the fact is, if we just didn't go to Dubai, this stuff doesn't happen. Obviously, the consequences of it, we all know Christopher Julian uh, tested positive. We then had 13 players mm. uh, with the two metres or four metres, whatever it was in the plane. I mean, Neil Lennon's more about that. We all talk about it. We ended up with these players missing. We went to play Hibs uh, and Livingston. We'll touch on these games very, very briefly because things have obviously moved on since then. Uh, what was your thoughts uh, on both those games, Tony, in terms of, we'll not go through starting lineups and stuff, but just your general thoughts on the matches? See, to be honest, uh, when the kids are stepping into the other players basically out for the team, the main squad, it's you're up against it straight away and you can't really expect much of these players to come out from the darkness in a cold to come in and get a masterclass. Um, Hibs and Livingston, probably the two hardest teams you could play playing like outside Rangers. Uh, Livingston were on an eight, be- eight, eight game unbeaten run before that game there. So we managed to stop that at least. But I don't think we could have asked much more from the players. It was quite enough in game. But would you expect the likes of Welsh and Duffy? Are no defenders. <laughs> They're not good enough to beat Celtic. I, I think I would... I'd maybe slightly disagree in terms of maybe could not expect more because we did have loads internationals on the part, but I do get your point because we were missing four strikers. But the thing that just comes to me is it all comes back to, he wasn't even on the dugout, obviously, because he was isolating himself. But it all comes down to coaching. You look at teams like uh, Liverpool or even, you hate to say it, but Rangers Rangers can make five changes in a game and people just come seamlessly in and out because they work on a system that everyone knows for youth level. We would have had it under Brendan Rodgers. You were taught how to play, how the, the way that we want to play football when you come yeah. into the first team, because when this situation arises, especially with COVID, you should have more about this. Uh, and that's why we never play fringe players as well, like guys like Cameron and Harper, I felt like he was rotten, right? Let's not beat around the bush, he was rotten, right? Uh, I, I, felt sorry, I felt sorry for him, because he was just sort of thrown in, first team, but this, he, wasn't, he wasn't a 16-year-old boy either, he's like 19, we should be drip-feeding these guys in, giving them bits of action, uh, in games, I mean, we've not been cruising any games this season, but you should be looking to try and sub these players on, and it all comes back to managers' decisions, why these players weren't ready uh, to yeah. sort of jump into the system, and I thought we were lucky, actually, to come out with two points 
from the game. And just even I love Tom Rogic, but Tom Rogic, he's not a striker. I mean, playing him up front was just for oh. me. Couldn't he, couldn't he really get see by it? Anything else really add on on those matches? <laughs> See, well, it's not really me. I, there's nothing really more you can say about the game. It was a complete nothing game, I said. But the likes of Cameron Harper and Young Welsh and Armstrong Oflex and Dembele, these players aren't going to be judged in those performances. They are chucked in at the deep end. They're not many. They were never going to do it that day. The teams will get to be matched all season, so they're not going to be matched properly by Gavin Stratton, the best one in the world team. It's a rock and a hard place for me, but I think the less said about this, the better, because it's just the same old Celtic this year. Yep, aye. Obviously, in the wider consequences of it, we fell further behind uh, yeah. in the title race to uh, four more points dropped. Uh, then, obviously, we had, well, I think it was in between these games between Hibs and Livingston, we had the sort of premeditated video from our favourite man, or uh, Peter Lowell, who uh, put out a video, basically four-minute video, uh, apologising for the trip, sort of not apologising, though, at the same time. Trying to justify it, but saying he was sorry. Uh, what did you make it? It was a sorry, not sorry sort of video, winter. It? It's a sorry bit, you know. Well, not really. So I'll see you later. But to be honest, I've never seen a video more heavily edited than that one. The amount of cuts that must have been happening, like lines are getting cut across the place. Man, Pablo Escobar's house. <laughs> it was ridiculous. More cuts than our podcast gets. Oh, I wait till this episode comes out. But um, okay. I kind of expected that from Peter Lobel to try to cover his bases and try to justify it and even try to come out looking trendy but again, again, polo shirt on, you know what I mean? Try to fit in with the boys doing it at the same instance. But nah, it was just total disregard again for the fans and just sort of, you know, these things happen in the current climate. It's so difficult for Celtic this now. But every team has to manage their situation and every hurdle we come against with COVID-19 at any sort of procedures, we seem to just stagger over them and tumble over and make a complete rip on arse of it all the time. Aye, I think we're, we're so out of touch. I mean, when I watched that video, the first 20 seconds, I was like, this is actually, could be all right. Uh, in terms <laughs> of, he says sorry, and then he just spends the next three minutes trying to justify yeah. it. Uh, then he obviously uses a line that everyone's jumped on, that COVID's affected us more than any club. It's just, it's like you just said, it's constant excuses. It's as if this pandemic only exists in the world of Celtic. Uh, well, this is what I was saying to start the... the show basically Hearts were relegated last year because the league was called early by Covid how are we the most affected here Hearts are no longer in the league Aye. Partick Thistle have been relegated now had their football cancelled exactly uh, so there's another club uh, but it's this whole thing that they just use an excuse more affected in terms of yeah we, we did get unfortunate with the international players but this was totally self-inflicted uh, mm-hmm. using Covid there's no fans it's just it's we never look inward the fact is it won't be Covid it won't be no crowds uh it won't be the media. Uh, it won't even be Rangers that really stopped in there. We've sort of ha- they've been consistent this year, but we've handed them it on a plate. Uh, I watched them against Motherwell on Sunday. Wasn't impressed by them, but they don't. They don't. They don't need to end right now. They just no, they don't. Just keep rolling on. That's a sad thing that we don't put. We know a Rangers team that could uh, in the past has crumbled under pressure. They're not this time. They're not going to because they don't get any pressure put on them uh, whatsoever. So we had that sort of semi apology. From Lawwell, uh, then the disaster game against Livingston, the first one that was just uh, horrendous. We've touched on that. Then it gets to Monday. You think, right, Monday, sh- nothing Celtic related should really come out here. I can just both of us can just enjoy our day, go on my day. Gets to midday or whenever it was. I think I was working from home, uh, and your phone just starts going off. You're not because Neil Lennon's went off. He's not. Uh, mm-hmm. 
some of the quotes from the press conference, uh, most people will know them. Uh, I'm not even going to quote them directly because it's as if, you know, try, I don't want to quote Neil Lennon as if it's part of the Bible or something because I can't really be bothered. <laughs> uh, I'll just be a sort of a brief a uh, synopsis. Uh, uh, <laughs> a brief synopsis of basically what he said. I mean, to clarify for the listeners, this is his first press conference that we're going to talk about. This is before the game. So he's obviously asked, I mean, uh, I think he's just asked immediately how the last week been for you is the first question. So he's not even really been forced into a question by a journalist. A journalist is really pressing him. He's just asking him how you are. Uh, and he immediately nips down the guy's throat. Uh, he's obviously got this pre-planned. Uh, he goes out and attacks Andy Walker uh, and SNP government uh, in terms of protocols to do with COVID, talking about a jolly and stuff like that. What did you make of the press conference, Tony? I think you called this a few weeks ago. We, well, not a few weeks ago, because we've been taking trip to Dubai ourselves with essential travel, but I think you called it a few podcasts ago. We called Neil Lennon an egomaniac. And I think it is there for all to see now that this man is just in it for himself. Uh, the fact he's still in a job is absolute bewildering. Bigger managers and Celtic men have been sacked by this club. By this club. But Neil Lennon is the man with the, the Midas touch. He cannot be taken out of this job. Um, his comments, for me, are childish, uh, petulant, and see the fact that we're in a position we are in the league, that he's, his main concern is going after Andy Walker. It's embarrassing, because Andy Walker... As much as I don't like the guy, he hit the nail on the head. He really did. We can't get to see our families. We can't get to do this. Our liberties have been taken away from us. But Celtic take it upon themselves to go to a winter training camp in Dubai, 30 degree heat, to train against fucking nobody, play nobody over there, learn nothing, because again, set pieces are still an issue for us. And we over there, 30 degree heat, preparing for a game to come back if it's snowing. What, what are we fucking preparing for over there? It makes no sense. Ah, yes, yeah, yeah, you're bang on. I think the stuff that you say about Neil Lennon's egomaniac, the, he comes out in this press conference and gets really uh, riled up and he's sort of it's trying... Uh, he was trying to create this siege mentality because the only reason he's trying to do it is because Neil Lennon's been attacked him as himself. Because you're right, he only cares about himself. He only cares about Neil Lennon. He doesn't really give a monkeys about Celtic uh, in terms of where, where was this sort of fight that we could have seen in October... Andy Walker, it's, I'm not going to beat around the bush. Andy, I think Andy Walker's an arsehole, right? But yeah, I think you're right. He was right in that scenario. <laughs> uh, but where, where was Neil Lennon when Andy Walker's been... He's, Andy Walker's made a living out of slaughtering Celtic fans and slaughtering this club's uh, throughout the years when times that he's been wrong. Where was Neil Lennon at that point to come in and... There's, there's plenty of journalists in this country that have made a career slaughtering Celtic, but the club have remained silent yeah. and allowed these people to come back in. At least Rangers have got the balls to ban the BBC Sport and not let them in the stadium. They have no interviews with Rangers at all. We don't have the balls to do that. So if I had to come out and go, or oh, Andy Walker's fucking public enemy number one, I'm sorry, Neil, but it's actually a silver. Then it's Peter Lawler. Yeah, I, I mean, I, that ban in interviews, he didn't talk to Sky before the game yesterday, but we send out poor Moyel Yunusri, who Aye. I think has had an all right season, has just been totally wasted eh, under this manager that we can't get a system for him to play in. But we'll maybe come on and talk about the game in more detail. Aye, they, they sent Welsh out for an interview as well. He was in playing. Aye, but that was, that was even a more embarrassing thing on the own Celtic TV coverage uh-huh. uh, with the man, Jerry McCulloch, who let's not waste our breath on that guy. He might be even worse than Neil Lennon for me about the whole part of this season. He's another guy that's made money out of... Tom and Jerry, fight. Tom Boyd and Jerry McCulloch, giving your fucking the latest insights. Uh, <laughs> He's a fine guy that's made uh, a living out of slaughtering Celtic fans and we out now actually employ that, that guy. So that just sort of 
sort of sums that up. But yeah, this whole sort of blame game where it's Andy Walker and he thinks Andy Walker's out to get him. And, uh, but it's nothing to do with the media or anything or, or the Scottish government in terms of regulations. Yep, I think there was elements of what Neil Warren said that I actually agreed with in terms of, I think the government have used sort of as a political football because it's popular. We, we love football, we love the game. There is loads and loads in this country that do, but there's a, maybe, a, quite a, maybe a majority that don't. So see when footballers make a mess of this, the government are going to use it for a platform. They're going to come down and kick on them. We've seen it with Bowling Goalie. They, they'll use it as a distraction eh, and to just talk about certain issues. So I do get where he was coming from. But, I mean, it's it's all just it's our own fault eh, that this season's capitulated. It's got absolutely nothing to do with anyone else. Eh, it's totally on us and it's totally on two men in particular. Uh, which is obviously Neil Lennon and Peter Lawwell. So he storms out of that press conference. Uh, terms, I think he probably went off off mic in terms of like. And I don't think he's been given permission from Lawwell to go out and do that uh, because no, nothing was posted on social media. Uh, or we usually tweet every single press conference. Nothing was tweeted about that. Would you agree with that, Tony? Do you think he's just totally went out there and? Well, yeah, it was quite strange that Celtic actually withheld that interview for so long, hours and hours after it actually happened. It was quite odd, but even the game there yesterday, well, the obviously game last night, Kenny McIntyre on Sportsound was just asked some simple questions, and again, it was just straight in the defensive. It was like, Kenny, I don't want to talk about that. Who's saying my job's who's saying like under pressure in this job? But like, Neil, it's quite clear that your job is hanging by a nail, it is on a sugarly peg, sir. But he's just so not willing to admit that. He has to walk away. Back in October, he said himself, if it gets too much, if it looks like I'm over my head, I will walk away from this. A loose, rough quotation there. But last night he's come out and gone, look, I'm not walking away from this. This is my life. I've put too much into this. But see for the fans, we don't need to hear that now. It's literally Neil Lennon against the club and all the fans. It's just complete disregard for where this team is going right now. And it's going down the fucking drain. It's been clear since October that this is not working. Yeah, I think, yeah, he's always held the fans in contempt with some of his pro, uh, comments. I think I remember before mm-hmm. part of Prague away, he got asked, do you owe the fans' performance tonight? And I think he said, oh, I don't, I'm not sure about that first point or something. It was something quite disgraceful, actually. It never really got picked up. Just finally, for myself on this point about the media, uh, yeah. he talks about blaming the media. I mean, yeah. I think he's totally off on the wrong foot because he's had a complacent media in this whole point. I mean, we were called self-entitled Neds by yep. the likes of Tom English, Chris Sutton, John Hartson, all his wee pals, came to his defence. When we warned about this, we've been warned about this since the start of the season in terms of our horrendous performances. We were eking out wins. Uh, I think the last time we actually started talking about this was against Copenhagen, going, this is clear right now that we are going backwards. Yeah. Last year, Copenhagen. Yeah. Aye. Yeah. It's, it was, it's always been an issue in terms of big games in Europe. And mm-hmm. now we can't even beat the run of the mill SPL teams. We, we can't see it in St. Johnston anymore. That's a bad Scott. Yep. Uh, and but we've seen this coming. We were called Neds when the media jumped to Neil Lennon's defence. So the fact that he's now turning on them now, the reality is that people I think he said bloodlust for my job. It's ninety nine point nine percent of every I think even the older fans that would back him to the hill have even now probably reached a point when I look at social media. You'll obviously find the odd one out there that they, they support Neil Lennon more than more than Celtic. The guy who had Rebel trying to get the brownie points off fucking the board. Mate, yeah. you're not getting a piece of season ticket because you're loyal to the core. Like it, it's not a badge of honour being so deluded that you can't see that this isn't working. Yeah. It's it's damaging the club. 
severely damaging club. I think that's seven draws we've had this season now. Uh, we set six points clear of Hibs, and Rangers are what twenty-one points clear, twenty points clear. We two games in hand. It's not good enough. Nah. When is when is this? Why does a review need to take two months and a manager's poor performance? It's been poor since the start of the season, but we take two months to give it a. Uh, we'll see how it goes. Give me travel. Let them get the merchandise into the shop. We'll flog that to the fans, and then we'll see how it is at the end of January. The season's gone. New year. Why are we waiting to January? Yeah, yeah. we when we were calling for this guy to go in October, November, this was to save this season. We'll come on in after we've talked about the game in terms of what happens now, but this is about saving next season for me if we don't act. And you're right, it was it was ten that always sacrificed. Not for our quadruple treble. I mean, I think that was the worst thing that ever happened to us. The fact that the SFA allowed that. Scottish Cup final to get played and I enjoyed my day when we won that treble but after it I felt kind of I, do, I did enjoy it but the day later it kind of when it's on kind of I was like we sneak by a championship hearts team by uh-huh. a more here uh, and it was all for Neil it was Neil Lennon's treble he had to get his treble so he could say I'm the first guy to win as a player and a manager and it's came at the sacrifice of us ever having a chance of turning around this league now which is is totally gone yeah. Well, it's not even that. He's banging the drum now that goes, look, I won a cup last month. Like, I've won a treble last month. No, that was last year's trophy. This year is completely different. I, I think at the start of the season, many Celtic fans have said, I could not give a fucking monkeys about the League Cup or the Scottish Cup. Only thing I care about is the league. And so far, it just seems that the league is the thing we're not concentrating on. It's the only thing we've been singing about for, for the past 10 years. And it's Pretty much, yeah. not going to happen. Uh, and yeah, it's this... When he talks about, uh, I've won a treble and stuff. Uh, I mean, Ranieri won a league title at Leicester, which has never been done before. Uh, Pochettino gets Spurs to the Champions League mm-hmm. final. They were sacked three, four months later because it wasn't working out at that club. Livingston yeah. made a change in manager. Motherwell made a change in manager. Ross County made a change in manager. Ross all, had an all had an upturn in fortunes. See the Ross County, I seen a stat the other day. I don't know what mm-hmm. top of my head, but the Ross County manager had a worse record in his last 20 one or 22 games and Neil Lennon's had and he was sacked for his job a guy at Ross County so it's worrying when Ross County have more ambition than Celtic do yeah yeah. Uh, anyway we'll try and move on now to talk about some uh, about the football in terms of I was maybe going to do what Ryan does and go through the lineups and all that but to be honest who, who do you want to talk about do you want to just talk about like Man U or Barcelona or something else something a bit well no Barcelona because they're fucking shit all right Leicester Leicester mate Brendan Rodgers. Let's go for it, aye. Gee, boss, to touch on Brendan Rodgers in a wee brief second, he must have seen this coming. The right in the wall must have been there when him and Lobel fell out going, I want this player and his ambition wasn't being backed. Like, we went from a high-caliber manager like Brendan Rodgers now leading the EPL to Neil Lennon, who, let's face it, failed at Hibs, failed at Bolton, and now we've got him and we're stuck with him for the rest of the season, looks like, because we're too embarrassed to make the call to say, now this isn't working out. We've regressed so far since Brendan Rodgers. We've paid top dollar for a manager that came and changed the ethos of the club, changed how everything was going on. The academy players got the staff in, got everything. And now we just get a guy that can't be bothered. He's mere wanting to have arguments to the media. It's shambolic where, where this club's went in the past year and a half. Yeah, the decision to downgrade for Brendan Rodgers, Neil Lennon, haunts me every single day and it continues to haunt me. Yeah, I watched them the other night. You talk about ambition in terms of the board and stuff. There's two fullbacks right now that were playing for Leicester that I watched them against Chelsea, Castagna yeah. and Justin, who were both on that fated transfer list that get leaked uh, that we wanted and Rogers wanted them. Uh, and Lawwell told them no. 
Uh, and that's just a downsizing ambition. They got their yes man in, and we've paid the price. It's not Neil Lennon or Peter Lowell that need to deal with it. We need to deal with the fact that we'll get slaughtered for Rangers fans and that we... It's not even that. You've had players like John McGinn, diehard Celtic, well, diehard Celtic fans, sorry. He was in Brendan Rodgers' house having dinner with him, basically saying, this is a done deal. And we passed the boot, we passed the boot, we passed the boot. And Lowell at last minute changed the goalpost, tried to change money. And that's how we lost it. And I played like John McGinn, who's now done Aston Villa. And I'll tell you, up down there. It's we're we're actually ran so much like a Mickey Mouse club. It's pathetic. For the size of team we are and the budget we operate in, we should be doing far better than this. We should be able to beat the likes of Ross County, St Johnston, handily deal with Livingston. When was the last time we won a game away at Livingston? I don't know. Probably Golden Stang because of it. I don't know. It was. I don't know. I, I generally can tell you because even Brian Rodgers had a bit of a tough time there as well. It's. You just wonder what is going on with this club. It's it's two egomaniacs. Like we've talked about Neil Lennon being an egomaniac. Peter Lowell's a, a, an egomaniac as well. He's obviously done his in in terms of his transfer record. Uh, the thing, the deal with Tony. Uh, yeah, Ivan Tony, the guy from Peterborough that went to Brentford, who's written it up there. We, we didn't want to pay the eight, nine million because you know, we can't really afford to pay that. But instead, we waste uh, all that money on a jetty and Kamala, who... Was that boy as well? Sparada went to Sporting Lisbon as well for like five million, six million. And yeah. he goes, nah, we don't want him. But we spent four and a half million or four million on a Yeti. And look at that one's turned out. It's fallen completely flat on its face. Bio was two and a half. Kamala was three. Sorrells came good eventually. But he was sat on the bench for a year and a half. Same with David Tumble, sat on the bench all season. And you can't tell me that David Tumble isn't the best player at Celtic this season, except for maybe Ayer. Yeah, I and yeah. And I, the fact that Lawwell's made all these deals that haven't worked out, and Arsenal fans can't believe the luck that they've got Tierney for 25 million. I think I've seen Piers Morgan exactly. tweet that, like how we got him for 25 million. And apply to that, it's still Peter Lawwell. Uh, and, and a point I about players not getting, well, we come on and talk about the football now. Uh, we're always focusing on the Livingston game, but I think your point about players not getting a chance, uh, like Ayeti and uh, Klamala, like we see it. I mean, I don't know if it's going to work out for guys like Ayet and Carl. Probably not, just from the brief things that we've seen about them. But they've never really had a proper run in the team. Like Sorrow and Turnbull got a run impressed and have now started in a jersey. But as you say, it took them months to get a chance. We buy these players constantly and we just keep going back to the same guys. We never take it. Like this was a season when it wasn't going well to take a gamble. It worked with Turnbull and Sorrow. Like, we had a wee upturn in fortunes. We played well at Ibrox because we day two guys. Day two guys are going to be at heart of our midfield for years to come. And hopefully when a new guy comes in, he's got them two to build around. But we never get players in. We've signed all these players and we throw them on for 10 minutes. Kamala plays against Leo uh, whenever that game was, over a month ago now. Thought he did quite well. Uh, wasn't seen again and then thrown on last night. Like, go and save this game. It's just pathetic. 10 minutes to go in the middle of a, a blizzard to go, right, go to Ace up here. Like, what do you want me to do? There's not a chance getting created for anyone up top. And to be fair, Griffith's performance last night was shambolic as well. Uh, I look at, yeah, I look at guys like Griffiths. Uh, well, come on, it took Scott Brown with the sending off. But it's done for the guys. We need to go get a modern coach in. And these guys just need to, Scott Brown, I think, has been a great servant for us. Uh, I actually really liked his press conference before the game. thought he showed a bit of maturity on, like, our manager. When he was talking yeah. before the game and just say, saying how he wants to help Soro out, and he obviously yeah. he makes an arse of it yesterday. But right, we'll focus in uh, on the game now. You've obviously made the point about set pieces. Uh, same old Celtic starts off first fifteen minutes. 
Uh, obviously, quick, quickly, just touching on starting lineup. I wasn't going to go through it too much, but uh, Shane Duffy, seriously, staggering, absolutely staggering. Probably, look, it's a shame for Shane Duffy because he's had a bit of hard time with his family issues and stuff, and he is a Celtic fan. It's his big chance. He's not going to play in front of a crowd. Blah blah blah. But he's possibly the worst player I've ever seen in a Celtic jersey. I think Evander Snow, not quite. But definitely she ended up, he's just nicking it. I think, I think he's just nicking it. He's possibly the most, he's the worst player I've ever seen because in that puck, he is liable for a goal. He's an absolute bomb scare at the back. I, yeah. I don't think he couldn't keep wins at a close. He's fucking he's rotten. Oh, uh, I just, it just baffles me every, like, that this guy should be setting up the road now and that we continue to play him. I don't know if there's a loan agreement with Brighton. I highly doubt it that we need to keep playing him because Brighton want rid of this guy. They can't believe that we've, we're spending this guy's wage. I think he's on 45 grand a week or something. We are paying all his wages. I think Shane Duffy did say that. You look at Welsh, I thought he played quite... I don't think it will work out for Welsh, just on the evidence I've seen for a few games. But I thought he played really well against Hibs. Not seen since. We touched. I mean, just... That's the whole point now with this season gone. We yeah. should be giving these guys a chance because there's absolutely nothing to lose. Right? You could play Stephen Welsh for these next few weeks. You could play Ayeti. You could play Kamala. Right, they might be rotten. But then you know, you know, but it comes to summer and the Champions League qualifiers, right? These guys are tough. Get rid of them. These guys, percent. Even the likes of Carroll and Dembele, you think now is a chance to get him involved with the team where eleven players are out isolating. But no, he gets again eight minutes against Hibs. What really? Eight minutes. And one of the best sixteen-year-olds of the generation, and Neil Lennon's managed to ruin him. I mean, there's not a player in that squad that Neil Lennon's not managed to regress. Christopher Ayer's probably doing all right. Uh, but he's Sumble, Sorrow, Ayer. Um, but in ter- terms of when players come in, like you look at Edward, totally. Just don't know what's happened to him. I uh-huh. do not know what's happened to him. Like yeah. I think it's he's just gave up the ghost. I think I don't think he wants to be here any longer. There's uh, talks of him going to Roma that suffers on Twitter the other take, day. Take the money. Take them. Well, actually, no, I, I don't. I wouldn't even want Peter Lowell to get the money. Just run your contract down for all you want, Odson. I don't could not really care less at this point. See, wants see if Edward did want to leave in January. I have no issue with that because he's not done a fucking job all season. If he wants to leave, you can happily leave because there's no difference, pal. I don't need you to be there to score what three goals or something. Scored or something. It's nothing. You've not contributed once a season, so you can happily leave if you want right now. I mean, a great seven and club, but it's done. The, uh, bar a few penalties, I think uh, that's been it. But I think you would agree with you when the whole point comes here. We should be rebuilding now for this point, giving a new manager three, four months like they did, like Rogers had it. Uh, hate to bring him up again, but like Rogers had it at uh, Leicester, we need three months to assess that squad and decide what we're doing. The longer we leave this now, the worse position we're going to be. And I can already see it coming uh, ahead of these Champions League qualifiers. I mean, touch wood, we actually get second place when we yeah. have a qualifier. We'll go into this, hopefully with a new manager, but he'll be on our back foot because we're going to let this sinking ship, this uh, self-entitled Ned, that's Neil, he's a self-entitled Ned, Neil Lennon. We're going to let this guy continue on in the job. Right, anyway, the game, we, were, we keep trying to avoid talking about that. Well, hold on, let's, let's go back to that. It's quite strange that the transfer window is open right now. So either we are backing the manager and just aren't seeing players, or we have no confidence in this manager go forward and we're not seeing players on that basis. Because it's January 21st and not one rumour of any player coming in to help this out, yeah. this squad out. Where it's clear centre-back, right mid and goalkeeper need to be addressed right now. It is alarming that that position hasn't been filled yet. So, 
Taking it on that basis, the board surely don't have any belief in the that can finish this season off positively. So what are we waiting on? We have a free week to get managers in, get them interviewed and find out who the best candidate is to take us forward. I, th- I think the, the January window's gone. I think the only reason he's still here is just he's sort of a human shield for Lowell right now. He's taking heat for Lowell. That's the only purpose. <laughs> That's the best way to describe it. He's a wee laptop basically for Lowell and he's just taking it taking all the shit that we're throwing and Lowell's just using him, basically. Um, but we say every year that January is crucial for the Champions League qualifiers and it's important to get a business done in January because it helps us out for the qualifiers. But we never do it. And this season, it just seems like we've just totally kiboshed it and goes, you hopefully we beat Aberdeen Hibs the second spot because it might not even get Champions League football this rate. I don't know. I wouldn't even put it past Neil Lennon if this carries on to even get second place. That's how much it's fallen. So obviously we fall behind... Mm. Uh, set pieces again what did you make of the, the first goal last night for talking about football very briefly let's talk that's sound like Neil Anderson a soft goal poor goal to give away uh, I don't know why we keep conceding goals like this simply because Neil we're not working on set pieces in training I think there's a stat going about now that from set pieces corners free kicks and then um, second ball situations from a dead ball situation we've only conceded four goals all season from open play the rest of all being set pieces or penalties and the like, it's glaringly obvious that we, we are doing something completely wrong. Uh, but last month we came out and said, oh, well, we're kind of going away from Ben Rogers fairly defending here, try working something new. So Neil Lennon's been in that job for a year now and hasn't put his touch on any form of the training department where he's actually influencing his ability to manage a team. So what confidence do we have that he can change it now? Uh, for me, the goal itself, I was at fault. He should be doing better than that, but I've seen a few folks sort of panning back ass last night for that save, but what do you want me to do? It's, there's nothing we can do there. Uh, I think he's a bit of a soft target in the Barcast as well for a, a failing team. He's not had the best start of the season or, or his career, but there's some things he's just, just not his fault. Uh, I think I've put up a defensive Barcast in the past, but I'm going to just say it. I think he might be shite. <laughs> well, no, he is shite, but it's not his fault that one last night. Aye, the first goal, the I has got hands, he's got popped on hands, hundred percent. But it's not his fault last night. He can't save any shots, which doesn't appear well for a goalie. But I think we've got three rotten keepers at the club eh, at the moment, and people are debating over what one to put in and and whatnot. Mm-hmm. I think all three of them are, are equally eh, as poor. I mean, Hazard was flat. I think if you, if you put all three in together, he still wouldn't have anyone near Fraser Foster. Aye. And that's the biggest that's the biggest killer this season, the fact we didn't get him back. A top class is so many points and still look at Al McGregor for them. Uh, he's he would he would earn them. He, he got them that win in the old firm with, with obviously that great save for Griffiths, even though I think that performance was quite overstated because I think we played well for the first 20, 30 minutes and then we never really tested them after that. But uh, yeah, the goalie issue, I mean, I would probably, we're not going to sign a goalie now in January, we're probably not going to sign anyone. I would just go with Barkas till now at the end of the season, give him a bit longer, see if it turns around. But it looks highly, highly likely that we need to buy uh, another, go- uh, another goalie because he looks like a bit of a dud to me. I think so. Uh, so we get back in the game uh, for an actual set piece of our own. Boyle, uh, mm. you know, see, a small night spark this season, would you say? Uh, to be honest, no. I no. don't really break it, honestly, to be honest with myself. I thought last night was a great goal. He is Celtic's top goal scorer, but that's just because Nathan's balling and to score goals in it. He is the only one contributing in that sense, but for me, Elnusti is a bit of a dud as well. I'd sent him back down the road to the hub. 
beat as well. Right, but so last I, night, which he did all he could last night, he put in a, a fairly good performance. It was a great goal, you need to say that. But um, I was quite stunned though that we went in half time leading. I didn't expect him to come back at 2 1 after a, a Liston pulled a goal, got the first initial goal. It was quite stunned at that, to be fair. So it was nice to see a wee bit of fight in the team, but then she had the bed in the second half. Uh, aye, on oh, aye, oh, I think uh, I just think he's another victim of, of Neil Lennon that we've I think he's a really top class player, El Yunusi. He's frustrating and inconsistent. For example, I think El Yunusi uh, is a better player than Ryan Kane, but we don't get we don't get to see it enough because we've never found a system to fit this guy. We've just not got the best out of him. Uh, and I think I think you're right, it's not going to work out for him. He's going to go back to Southampton. Uh, and I feel really sorry for him more than anything. Uh, it was a great finish yesterday. As you say, we took the lead. Near Beaton, first goal in four years, hitting it offside. We deserve a bit of rubber the green there. We need, we need a wee glimmer of hope and a wee chance again. It doesn't go in our favour, but right now it seems to be it's always going against us. I don't know about you, but uh, when they two goals went in, I've been finding this quite a lot when I've been watching Celtic games. I'm motionless when we score. Totally not like, don't feel any. I think I, I cheered Turnbull's free kick against Hibs because I was chuffed for that boy. So that was a great free kick, but I don't yeah. think I've cheered a Celtic goal maybe since the start of October. I think, uh, and that's that just sums it up for me. Like I'm so detached from this club and this manager, this board, that when Beaton puts that ball in the net, felt nothing. The tumble free kick was the first time I've literally jumped off the couch and like fucking annoying the neighbours and possibly getting an asbo. But except for that, last night I was watching the game and you go right, you're one each. Still pissed off about one 0 down very easily at that, and then two one you go okay, go win this game, go kill this game off, and it's the same old story. I think right now you're just not like still getting carried away too much because you can see it coming all the time. We won't create anything for the large spells of the game. We'll invite our team in the game and we will cost ourselves points. I think your brains just tell you now, don't get too excited here. Can it? Can it? Just try get one one victory. In the, what is that? Last four games or something, no had a victory. No had a victory in four. No had won a game this year. <laughs> Sports me to say it that way. But nah, it's it's so destroying because even you're getting messages now going, folk, I really want us to get pumped tonight and just get rid of Neil Lennon. And it, I've never seen it that bad before. I've never been in a situation where I've look, looked at you the that going, yourself in terms of that feeling. <sighs> it's tough to say, but last night when we went 1 0 down, he goes, right, just fucking bury us here. Win this game, obviously, and get with this manager because the review is coming up shortly. Hopefully, according to uh, is it Anthony Johnson or something, was his name? Hi, Anthony Joseph, this guy. Joseph, that's right. Sorry. Um, apparently, the review is coming up at the end of the season still. So, I was kind of in that boat last night watching the game, thinking, right, fuck it. But league's done anyway. So, quick, we get rid of him and get a suitable replacement in the better for the team and then the overall club. But I never really want to see something get beat. It's a uh, it's an awkward one because when it happens, I'm fucking majoring. Like last night when we went 1 0 down, did I talk to the bird? She sat and talked to me about her nails and what and this and that. Done and what, mate? I don't care right now. I'm fucking in a trance of depression. The singles last podcast are just devastated. You've revealed that. Oh, she's trying to talk to me and being all nice and like, oh, do you want this and that? I was like, I just want three fucking points. <laughs> Can you get me that? <laughs> oh, I know. I, I think I'm starting to words more than the guy. I hate saying it because you. But at this point, I think for the future of this club, the we need we need just it needs to just keep getting worse and worse. Because you think, I think even I thought yesterday I was like, right, surely now, 
Uh, mm. This has got to be it. Uh, but this we're, we're still recording the talking now. Nothing's nothing's changing the manager. So I'm now at the point where I'm like, I just want I just want this over with. I want for the future of this club. Uh, for us losing it, just keep it because you know what will happen. It, it, it happened and they thought they'd get away with it actually in December. Uh, where they had a wee run and they had a wee spurt of form that they only found because Turnbull and Sorrow played in a meaningless Europa League game. Neil Lennon couldn't even spot how good these guys were in training. That's how much an idiot this guy is. We get a run from this. The board were like, oh, we'll get away with this. We'll get away with this. Wait to Ibrox. Shit happens. Flip a coin. You can lose games like that. I wasn't as annoyed. I thought we went into Ibrox with a decent shape. We, but, you can, but you should never put yourself in that position. We have to win that game or the league's over by the 2nd of January. Then the Dubai shit show. It follows on from there. Uh, and as we still speak, he's still he's still in a job. So the second half, uh, it's just the usual Celtic for me. Uh, if we don't get yeah. that third goal or even a fourth goal, uh, we'll we'll always give you a way back into the game with these these centre halves and this this back four. Uh, and that's exactly what happened, didn't it? Unfortunately, that's been the story all season that we we just shoot ourselves in the foot. We get in a good position, and then ten minutes later we're looking back in. Like we've seen it against Hibs, uh, we get a. A goal fairly late on, you go right, kill. Cool. Maybe we'll just sneak this, then 10 minutes later, it's one each, you go that. And it always comes from a stupid foul. That's the thing that really annoys me. It's simple, basic errors that are causing these goals every game. Like, just stop doing stupid things, and we will be in a much better position. It's eight. And that's kind of where I do sympathize with Lennon because it's, it's hard to cut that out. He can't be responsible for Shane Duffy making a rash challenge at the edge of the box. Stop playing Shane Duffy then, though. Stop playing Shane Duffy. Well, it is that, but it's, if it's not Duffy, it's Laxer. If it's not Laxer, it's Brown. If it's not Brown, it's... The whole team is just liable to make a mistake. I don't know why that is now. You've seen it with Neil Beaton at Ibrox, where he just pulls down Morelos. It's, it's needless. Brown last night, again, the red card. It's completely needless. You don't need to be doing that. You're giving the referee a chance to make a decision, and it's costing us every week. Yep. Uh, I... I think you just hang in. If, if you play Celtic, I mean, I think even with the two the two sort of reserve or young boys were playing, uh, I think Livingston and Hibs tactics is just you just hang in, hang in long enough in a game against Celtic, no matter who you are, uh, and we'll give you a goal. We will. We'll just give you a goal. You hang in with us. Take a wee bit of pressure. Hang in. Keep it within a couple of goals. We'll, we'll sell you a couple. We we did it to Hearts. We've been doing it, doing it all season. So yeah, conditions obviously take uh, a turn for the worst during this game. You've touched on it briefly. Scott Brown uh, comes on uh, five minutes later and sent off, sending off for you. Red card to me, and upon replays and stuff, yeah. He's looking at him, he knows what he's doing, and he's no club about it. He's really no, he's gave Wally Collum a chance to reach out in the pocket, and don't get me wrong. Wally Collum's at a dug and heat man ripping that card out. He couldn't wait to do it, but. Oh, it was gagging today, mate. It was absolutely chomping the bit to get the card in his pocket. But for me, it is a red card. It's, it's stupid. Uh-huh. And for the player that we say we rely on his, um, his leadership and his knowledge of the game and getting players through, to be on the park for five minutes and do that, where's the leadership come from? That Where's the, the role model meant to be in that performance? Mate, yeah. is he map is he last night must have been just a straight line up and then right back after that park? Aye, uh, I... Uh... I think for me, Scott Brown, uh, we've obviously always, we were calling early in the season for him to get dropped to the team. At points, I don't feel it's his fault. It's just a season too far that we all feared that this was going to happen. Uh, yeah. This guy should have been taken out the firing line long before then. He's come on yesterday. 
he's made a total ass of it, and I mean, he's he's done it, Celtic. I mean, he's been a great servant. Uh, however, I, and, uh, I think he's won ten league titles because he had one under Strachan as well, uh, and then this current nine are also a great servant. But it's it's sort of over for him, and I don't know. I don't know if the way he done it was just because even he knows that this shit show needs to end, and and Neil Lennon needs to get the fuck. So maybe he shafted him that way by going on and saying, "I'm going to get sent off here." Lennon the edge of the park looks so sheepish after it, like a deer in the headlights going, fuck me. Am I getting sacked when it goes to this? Because it was the game was done at that point effectively. And I've never actually seen Neil Lennon look that panic before during the game. Uh, it's the in-game management as well that why are you even bringing on Scott Brown at two each uh, against Livingston? Why are you bringing up why are you taking off Chris Iyer, who's been your best? Uh, I mean, the fact that I mean we're just touching on football and stuff and uh, <laughs> For once, and like that, but the fact that he can watch that full game uh, and take off David Turnbull and not take off Ryan Christie is for me absolutely baffling. I mean, I've put up a defence for a lot of players, but see Ryan Christie, mate, you can go and piss off to Birmingham or whoever you think you think you're going to get a move to the Premier League with your me, we mate Stuart Armstrong. It's not happening, mate. You're not good enough. So you think you're bigger than Celtic and all this part of like, if you want to leave, then fine, because we won't miss you because you, I've put no. defences up for him in terms of. He always kind of takes risks and stuff in games, but it's just too frustrating a player. Like, see, having to watch him, he's passing, just horrendous, totally shits himself for that second goal yesterday. I just wanted right, to get There was a moment last night where it was a pure nothing moment, but basically the referee blew a whistle for a free kick. But Ryan Christie gets the ball in a great position and he just layers the ball for a shot. And like, you were going to play on there. That was a simple pass forward you could have made. But again, even the pressure isn't on and the play isn't going. You still hit a fucking shot and there's no fucking need. Every chance he gets, he just shoots. Aye. He's been given carte blanche to do the Chris Commons role and just ping a ball. But sadly, he's lacking one thing, and that's hitting the target 150 times. He'll score one good goal and go, right, that's it. I'm back. Prime Ronaldinho in his form. But he can't hit the target half time. Half the time. He's, he's a frustrating player because you know he's a great player. See if he kept it simple. I think Ryan Christie would be one of the better midfielders in Scotland. But he's making all the wrong decisions, and it's punishing us and costing us all the time as well. Yeah, he could be another player. Just as a point, you were basically the point I was going to make. It, it probably does come down to another player that maybe is fallen victim of the manager. But I mean, I wouldn't lose any sleep uh, if we lose Ryan Christie. Yeah. Obviously, the conditions worsen in the game. It sort of just sort of peters out. Livingston probably should have a penalty right at the end as well, so we get away with that as well. Uh, another thing that we ha- I haven't mentioned about this game. <laughs> uh, this wasn't just a normal Livingston side. Uh, this was a Livingston side with, with seven changes because they've got a cup final uh, on Sunday. So that's how low it's fell for us. That it's Livingston. I mean, it was Sparta Pag reserves that were uh, were doing us in uh, in October, and now it's Livingston reserves. I mean, well, this is a Livingston team that rested FA Ambrose against Celtic, and they still couldn't beat them. They rested FA Ambrose, and they couldn't beat them. That's the level we felt right now. And Aye. I'm sorry for everyone listening to this because this podcast is just a fucking rant. We put Ryan here, it's turned into an absolute bin fire of us two just going right into the wind and just pissing against it. <laughs> it's it's honestly, mate. Honestly, it really is. It's just, it's just what the team is doing to everyone now. Uh, I know. It's just, I mean, it's be one simple change that would actually give us a wee bit of hope if they remove that guy for the dugout. Uh, anyway, we're going to come on to talk about him once again. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> he, came out and spoke, he came out and spoke to the media after the game 
Uh, basically, it was the same old, I'm not going to paraphrase a quote, but it was the same old sort of excuses. Uh, we went in as a great team, many lockdown in March, don't know what's happened to us since, we're missing the crowd. I mean, see this crowd stuff, I'm just going to get my point in here about this. Uh, don't believe it because they're wanting people to buy into this whole so-called Celtic uh, best fans in the world crap. And you, us 60,000 being there makes it makes such a huge difference to... Uh, it's to I mean, it's as if we're the only club uh, in world football that isn't playing without fans right now. It's every single club. You just need to adapt. It's not been an issue for other players in the league. He talks about, uh, I don't think he mentioned specifically last night, but the effects of, of COVID and how players need to... Just go to training, go to games and go home. Like, oh, boo-hoo, they're on 20 grand a week. I mean, you've got guys there playing at Livingston last night, probably not even on 20 grand a year, having to go through all these protocols and strict rules and going to their work and not being paid anywhere near the money. And they, the fact that they can run about day mere things than us, just even look a more confident, uh, competent outfit uh, than us. I mean, it just, you've said it before, it just speaks volumes about how low that we've dropped. Uh, he says after the game... Uh, that he's basically not going anywhere uh, using these stats about the treble yep. that we've talked about. We've only lost two games in the league. Uh, I mean, seven draws, but two guy, uh, two games in the league. Uh, we're, I mean, who, two games in the league. So what? We're fucking, we're twenty points behind with two games in hand. Uh, basically, the main thing that we're taking from it is he's said that he's put his life into this club and blah blah blah, and he's not yeah. going anywhere. Have you get any thoughts on it? Well, the seven draws basically he's talking about in the two defeats in the league. Um, that's 21 points we've done those draws and it wins it's um, starting to sound like Stephen Gerrard last season was saying if games finished in the 80th minute we would have won a lot more games well Neil I'm sorry but the facts are you have drawn these games you've lost those games you've cost us the league this year with your poor decisions and your stranger tactical uh, awareness decisions you make um, I we touched on it earlier on basically some of these comments the words like Kenny McIntyre and Alison McCrory, whatever the fucking name is, or sports sound, uh, Clyde Super Scoreboards, but he's a man under pressure. You can hear that in the interview that he's coming out straight away, just at a level 11, straight away swinging. But I don't think David Desmond and Peter Lowell have the appetite to sack him yet. I really don't think they will. I think they'll wait to the end of the season because, to be honest, would you bring in, for talking sake, Eddie Howe and his backroom staff, spend four million, whatever you need to do, uh, the now when the window's open? Nah, because they're going to have an ambition that I don't think the ball's going to back. Mm, I mean, I, I always try to be optimistic, and I thought last night, I thought, right, he's went rogue with that press conference on Monday. It's mm. definitely not been okayed by the club. We've then dropped points. I thought this was a chance. I mean, I keep refreshing fucking Twitter feed every two minutes, and still nothing's been announced, but this guy is still <laughs> here. He's saying, he's saying he put his life and heart and soul into this club. I mean... Uh, and it's smart. It wasn't your life, Neil, six, well, no longer than that, maybe eight years ago now when you walked out on Celtic because you fancied the top job down in England. You thought, I'm going to make it down south. Uh, I yeah. mean, if Brendan Rodgers is at that, I mean, what is this guy now that he's the fact that he's still staying, staying here? Ronnie Dyler, uh, no respect to Ronnie Dyler, wasn't he? I mean, football manager, uh, a nice guy, but wasn't he a football manager? Didn't he work out? He knew at that point. See, when you start promising the things that you want to deliver and they don't start happening, then that's your time to walk away. And you've said the quote about Neil Lennon said he would walk away. To, but Neil yeah. Lennon's never going to walk away for this job because Neil Lennon wants his he wants his money, uh, he wants his payout, and he's just he's just blindingly arrogant. And I think it's now coming down to a few hundred grand 
that you're right, Lawwell's like, ah, we'll just keep it off till May. So we don't need to pay him out in a big winner right now. So we're taking a financial hit with COVID. We'll no sign anyone in January. We'll let this toddle on and then see when it comes around to season. I think this is my prediction uh, for what's going to happen is it'll come around to season tickets and then they'll make a decision uh, to make a change. Uh, we're both season ticket holders right now as it stands. Will you renew your season ticket? Um, you put kind of sprung that on me, man. You're, I'm not really too sure you usually make event those sort of questions beforehand. <laughs> I know, I just knew that. I'm a lawyer, my representatives. The email, the email dropped to get five minutes to the deadline. Are you giving, giving them their money for next season? The money I spent this season in the club, uh, the masses and our family and my family are possibly getting this, but £640 was spent in tickets. Um, two Celtic tops, whatever else, or they'll piss you by as well. Probably spent the best part of nine hundred pound, eight hundred quid easy. Um, has it been added value that the club keep promising? Has it shite? So for me, I probably wouldn't renew it right now because if Lowell's still there and Lennon's still there, I have nothing I want to see next year if it's on the basis of this. Yeah, uh, I think for me, if Neil Lennon's still there, I'm hundred percent not renewing. That's that's a, that's a total that's. Card, uh, guarantee that definitely not renewed. If they yeah. make a change, uh, it could could change my mind because I've been season ticket holder for eight nine years now. Uh, a lot of memories that place. I'm looking forward when things get a bit more normal to getting back to games. But I'm, uh, half of my head is just thinking we'll just go to the pub instead and and not give because you feel complicit if you're giving guys like Lawwell money. You can't spend your time moaning. Uh, and I think the only thing that really hurts these guys is if you don't give them their money. Uh, yeah. And if there's a change with Lowell and Lennon, we start bringing somebody new, uh, we totally rebuild. I think the thing that really frustrates me uh, about Celtic is we always seem to just pick out a candidate in terms of in advance. It's like, and it's usually an Irishman that we go for or somebody that, that knows the city. Yeah, knows the city. Knows the that city. usual shit. Somebody that Dermot Desmond knows, like, what we should be doing is sacking Neil Lennon. Right now, yeah. and taking taking putting John Kennedy in charge for whatever because who cares? This season's gone. John Kennedy can thinking about with the team, and we can see some guys and uh, maybe get a wee bit of enjoyment back, just even on a caretaker level with him in. But then mm-hmm. take actual take uh, applications for the job, put the job out there because it's a massive club. You might be surprised the amount of people that apply, and then you work through the candidates. You do an interview process. You go and meet these guys. You find out how they work in training. And then you make a decision because you've got a wee bit of time now. You can get a guy in uh, and give him a couple of months to you sort of This sounds like this should have happened a year and a half ago when we first gave Lennon the job in the showers. We thought, nah, let's not do the whole interview process. Let's not even look at the applications in my draw. I didn't even bother looking at them, anyone. I just went straight in the showers and gave him the job. Mid-condition in his hair. Like, it's... I don't know if the club's going to do that. I think it will be the likes of... I don't think they want to back a manager like Eddie Howe. I think they want to bring in a, player, a manager like Gordon Strachan, Tony Mowbray. Uh, who's the chief executive for Scotland or something that was at uh, Cardiff? What was his name? Malky Mackay, that would be the biggest. Malky Mackay. It'll be somebody like Malky Mackay. Or we'll probably look at Ross County and go, geez, oh, Yogi's doing quite a good job down there, isn't he? Let's get Yogi a wee chance. Or we'll go get Jack Ross, who's only just now getting a winning result again against us well draw sorry they don't have any ambition to go get a, another manager like Brendan Rodgers because that costs them too much money and players they'll want a player 8-9 million but they're they're still shopping a, a pawn but it's like 500 grand hoping for a GM they don't exist anymore 
they don't. Yeah, I, I think that's that is the biggest worry in terms of us. I mean, it's not just. I think there'll be a sense of relief when surely it'll come at some point when Neil Lennon uh, gets sacked. I mean, I mean the way it's going, man. Uh, Prince Phillips, it's like Prince Philip in it. He's just outliving him. Uh, in terms of who's going to go first in terms of Prince Philip and Neil Lennon. Who can check it first? <laughs> <laughs> the, way the way it's going, man, I've been there, put my money in Prince Philip. But when eventually it should happen, I mean, you'll probably get a wee boost from it. But the biggest worry is the fact that Lawwell's still there to replace him uh, yeah. or is picking the replacement, and that is the worry. Uh, they've commented on and talked about uh, this January review. I mean, they'll be hating the fact that they dropped that into their statement. Uh, in December, they'll be gutted that they did that because fans have now got something to cotton on to. You promised us this. They say it's coming at the end of the month. Why it's taking to the end of the month? I mean, this January review was done when we were 13 points behind with two games in hand. Now we're 20 points behind with two games in hand. Yep. So seven points worse off. Uh, and it's still, I mean, we have a couple of games left this month that we'll give you just very quickly at the end of this. It's been quite a long episode. We're playing Hamilton next. Thankfully, we've not got. Thankfully, we don't have a Celtic game this weekend, so they can't ruin our weekend. But who knows? Going by the club, they didn't have a game uh, a couple of weekends ago, and they still managed to ruin that by coming back for Dubai with a positive case. Hamilton that we play next Wednesday. Do you really care? Uh, no. <laughs> I think I've said enough. Said Short and sweet, mate. I absolutely couldn't give a fucking toss. I really don't care. Hopefully, uh, Brian Rice gets the boys G'd up and he's got a good tactic to go there if, if Neil Lennon's still in charge. And, uh, well, I said, Brian Rice, a good Celtic man. Give him the job. Give <laughs> Brian, wouldn't he? You know, he knows the city, mate. He, can he does know the city. He's starting to live in the Lisbon Lions and all, so that's good. <laughs> I guess that's what I'm going for now. That's but now, nah, as much as I want Celtic to win, I think the best thing that could happen for us now is probably a draw and, or maybe even a defeat and really hammer home this point. This has to be changed. No. Uh, if it's not changed now, then hey, kind of, I'm saying this, we might not even get, get second place in that prize of Champions League qualifier. I don't know if it will take to that stage. But, I mean, the worst thing that I think could happen for us now is we start to get in a wee run. Uh, I mean, it still doesn't look like it's coming, but we got in a wee run and people start to forget and just go, all oh, right, aye, COVID and stuff. Fans maybe coming back next year. Do you any a chance to build again? Like, no, nah, this is it. It's got to, got to end now. Aye, and on that note, we will call it a day for this latest rambling and ranting uh, episode of Pod 67. Right, again, sorry to everyone actually listening to this. It's just been two guys on a podcast recording this, just absolutely talking a power of shite. But thanks for actually joining us, and that's a bin fire. And see how you're the host. I'll see it this time. Law will out. Oh, love it, love it. Taking over from me, brilliant. <laughs> Uh, yes. uh, uh, we will be back uh, next week, probably after the Hamilton game, uh, to sort of review that, depending. Hopefully, maybe yeah. we're not Neil Lennon in charge, but probably we're Neil Lennon in charge, and maybe hopefully looking back on a on an Aki's win, and uh, hopefully this uh, nightmare might all be over, and we'll we'll find out if if Ryan's going to return to the podcast or not. I might come back after the record numbers shoot up a wee bit, you know, right. slinking back. This will be the biggest episode yet. Right, anyway, folks, see you later. Hail, hail. Catch you.